Okay, we're all in take five. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook em up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. We roll on on this final show hours for 2023 we'll ring in the new year on sunday night into monday and you'll do it here in austin rod i'll do it in new orleans louisiana yes, sir nola time ty henderson our Alex. producer will be there as well you're not going because uh you got a baby at home. yeah i should be in new orleans for when i got a three month old at the crib i'll, I'll go to h-town though if the longhorns uh you got people there you got babies yeah i got i got i got, <laughs> I got a support system there so i can drop the baby off with people i trust Keep it moving. In New Orleans, um, yeah. It's not a good place to bring a baby. I got no. family in New Orleans, <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. It's not a good place and to bring And you're probably not ready to uh, leave the baby for a it's strong, be, long period yeah, of time. It's, it's going to be been loud down there. And I'll have to be in a hotel room somewhere. It'll be foreign. It's just a lot. Yeah, a I, lot. Think, I think H-Town it's a wise, wise way to go. Yeah. Uh, by the way, you asked about the Manning's restaurant where we'll be on Monday for our pregame show. Uh, come on out. Uh, some, you mentioned about the menu. It's kind of a good mix. Of, if you want a little, little higher end, you can get. Do you uh, got some Cajuns? Some Cajun? Yeah, they do. Food on there? They do. Yes. Yeah. Um, and they got the normal wings and queso and, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Uh, but, yeah, then they've got, uh, you know, blackened golf fish tacos you can go with if you're looking for that. Uh, they got a little. Yeah, they got some Cajun stuff in there as well. Right. So a little something for everybody. Uh, we'll see how that goes. I was there in 2018. But it's, I, I, I do think it's now owned by the casino. Okay. That's, that's like I said, Todd, that might be a good thing. Might be. Yeah. Might be a good thing, man. Maybe you can play some bets while you're there. You got some blackjack <laughs> tables there? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's your game of choice, Ty? Blackjack? Uh, yeah, blackjack or roulette. I'm still I'm, – I'm, I'm not I, – I tried craps last time I was in Vegas, but I, I, need, I need to learn a little bit more. My mom did a pretty poor job of trying to teach me, so. What, how yeah. to play craps? Yeah. 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 A lot, a lot, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's pretty easy, but I don't know. I'm it, stupid. It is so. pretty easy. But, Jim, you want to get on a heater on that uh, craps table, man. Maybe you can teach me, Aaron, while we're there. Uh, oh, we'll there see. We'll see. I'm not, the, I'm not a huge gambler. I like to sports gamble. I do like to do that. And well, you could, you could just sit behind me and watch me lose all my money. <laughs> I'll do that. I'll do that. That's awesome. That's not as fun, though. You know? It's free drinks. That, ooh. That's true. They, yeah, that's a good point. Do they do free drinks like they do in Vegas? And Vegas? Uh, I forget. I, know, I, know I, haven't, I haven't been to casino in Louisiana in a few years. I will admit that I've not been there. I know it's like that in Vegas. Yeah, I don't know if it's like in, in every casino. Yeah. A little bit cheaper in New Orleans and Louisiana. I'll take it. Can, well, the che- the people it. are cheaper is what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> not the drinks. <laughs> probably. Like probably the you. drinks, too. I don't know. I mean, how much do you think a hurricane runs you on Bourbon Street during New Year's? It, 14, big, 12, 14 big the hurricane is. Yeah, but you told us like, whenever you go, you'll just carry your jug of Tito's around. Well, you know, I, I, like I said yesterday, I came in <laughs> some money that. over Christmas. You know, I had some good fortune, so hopefully I won't have to do that. That's a good, that's a good yeah, idea. Don't do that. I don't want to hear any stories about you getting well, coming. You, by the way, coming up, I don't know if you saw this yesterday, Rod. We'll play some uh, some fun uh, because the Longhorns, and they're, they, 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 t- they had Archie Man, Arch Manning, who's from New Orleans. Oh, yeah. Asking his teammates if they could pronounce names of streets and things in New Orleans that are hard to pronounce. Oh yeah, I, I get you. I'm probably bad at this too. Got to have that uh, that Creole accent. Probably would help. Like like streets, which was not far from Manning's restaurant, like Chapatulas. 
mm. like Chapatulis <laughs> uh, and then Poydras and some others that uh, can I pronounce that? We'll we'll go through. We'll let you hear some of that because oh, Arch was having yeah. fun with them. Oh. Uh, also, Rod will take us behind the burn orange curtain at the bottom of the hour as we're talking Texas and Washington all the way to kickoff at 7:45 on Monday. Let's get you the other top stories, the headlines that uh, uh, get, get you caught up as you're up and out on this Friday morning. Top Gun Rentals and a lot of equipment bringing you the news. Yeah, Top Gun's got a new location we're going to be telling you about coming up in the new year. Excited about that. Do want to start with college football, though. T-minus three days and 14 hours till third-ranked Texas meets uh, second-ranked Washington in the national semifinal at the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. Pretty clear now for Texas to win the game. They'll have to have a great plan to handle Michael Penix, the uh, Huskies uh, quarterback, and their top-rated passing offense. Senior zone for over 4,200 yards and 33 touchdowns this season. At his media availability yesterday, the Heisman Trophy runner-up said he respects the Texas defensive line that features Devondre Sweat, the Outland Trophy winner, and Big 12 defensive lineman of the year Byron Murphy, but said they play good ball. I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't say we're playing the 49ers or the Eagles D-line, so we'll be good. He's also extremely confident in his group up front. They're a good D-line. Um... I have a great O-line, so we'll see. That's all I got to say. I, I, ain't, I ain't trying to talk about them too much more. <laughs> Joe Moore. Them boys, the best of the best. They they come out and they, they show it each and every week. They show it each and every day to to the team, you know. Um, and they, they put in the work and they, they they come out to play each and every, each and every day. So it's going to be exciting. All right, 7.45 kick Monday night, Texas and Washington in the national semifinal. Four bowl games yesterday and last night included the Alamo Bowl down in San Antonio where Arizona rolled to a win over Oklahoma 38-24. They trailed 24-13 but scored the game's final 25 points. Six Oklahoma turnovers led to that, including an 87-yard fumble return for a touchdown late in the third quarter. Kansas State topped NC State in the Pop-Tart Bowl 28-19. Rutgers took down Miami in the Pinstripe Bowl in New York 31-24. And in rainy Boston, Boston College rallied past SM. 23-14. Four more bowl games on tap today. 11 a.m. this morning. Ken Clemson faces Kentucky at the Gator Bowl. Uh, Notre Dame will face Oregon State in the top, top 20 matchup in the Sun Bowl in El Paso this afternoon. Iowa State faces Memphis in the Liberty Bowl in Memphis. And tonight it's a top 10 matchup at the Cotton Bowl in Arlington. Seventh-ranked Ohio State facing ninth-ranked Missouri. NFL kicked off last night, Week 16, in Cleveland. Break up the Browns. They won their fourth straight game, clinched an AFC playoff berth, the 37-20 win over the New York Jets. The resurgent Joe Flacco threw for 309 yards and three touchdowns. Browns now 11 and five on the year. That is the fourth consecutive 300-plus yard game for Flacco. Uh, full Week 16 slate is coming this weekend, including in Arlington, where the Cowboys are back home to face the Detroit Lions at, at halftime of that showdown game tomorrow night. Jerry Jones will long last induct Pro Football Hall of Famer Jimmy Johnson into the team's ring of honor. Down in Houston on Sunday, the Texans look to keep their playoff hopes alive when they host the Tennessee Titans. Good news for Houston yesterday, word that quarterback C.J. Stroud has cleared the concussion protocol. He will make the start. He's missed the past two games. Texans went 1-1 one and one in those starts. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Don't be a ho-ho-ho. Bring anything on Foster Village's Amazon wish list on our Facebook page and get up to 20% off your rental or purchase. Topgun.net, we'll shoot you straight. Uh, Michael Penix talking a little talking a little trash. I think he's just tired of, like all of us, tired of the wait and the buildup. Well, and especially he's just height. asking you about how good their D-line is, how good their D-line is. Like, saying, Come it, on, man. It, keep, it keeps coming up over and over, and they just won the Joe Moore Award. So I think at this point, like I said, he's got that dog in him, and he's just barking a little bit. Uh, but most of the stuff he kept saying uh, in context to contextualize that, he was very complimentary. I mean, he said, he said they were great. He said they're a really good D-line. They were great. Um, but, yeah, he just said they're not like we're playing the 49ers D-line or the Eagles D-line. 
So we'll be good. They, I mean, I, I like that confidence in a quarterback. He's got that dog in him. He's going to bark a little bit. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Texas players now, they've already responded. And this usually helps out Texas, uh, but Texas hadn't played a quarterback like Michael Penix. They ain't played a quarterback like him. Well, I looked it up yesterday when you were talking about he's only been sacked 18 times the last two years. Yeah. You know, he, he played three years at Indiana, and he's made, got over 1,600 attempts and has only been sacked 31 times yeah. his whole career. Yeah. That speaks to him and his ability to read the field, see the field. That's why the NFL has taken notice of Michael Penix because he does have a big arm. He can push the ball down the field. He can spin it with anybody from the left side. People have compared him to a bigger Tua. You know, we're going to see Tua tomorrow uh, on Sunday, by the way. Shame on the NFL. They still haven't flexed that game to, to Sunday night. Come on, What, what are we doing? Why do we have a rule that we can flex games to give us better primetime matchups and you have a game like Miami and Baltimore – that is far better than the Green Bay Packers and Minnesota Vikings on Sunday night. Crazy. And they haven't flexed out of it. Makes no sense. Makes no sense. Yeah. Nonsense. It's like one of the games of the year in the AFC. It really is. Could it's be for top seed, seeding, MVP. And especially after Lamar Jackson and the Ravens came off that big win over the 49ers. They're trending right now. Come Everybody's on, talking about Lamar Jackson for MVP. I'm with you. Makes no sense. Yeah. Well, we've got uh, – and, and, you know, the leader in pass yards in this league is Tua. And, um, you know, this is what Michael Penix kind of gets paired because he's left-handed. But I think he's got a better arm than Tua. I think he can he can stretch the field a bit more. His, his, his release isn't as quick, but I think his arm might be stronger. I'm yeah, with you. yeah. yeah. Uh, but he certainly has you know to have only 31 sacks and 1600 attempts tells you he gets rid of it when he needs to. He can move in the pocket. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, there's a lot of guys who get sacked 31 times in a season. Mm-hmm. This guy's in his whole career. Exactly. Pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. So that's what the long ones have to do. And again, we talked about it last year. You know, You'll talk about it coming up in the behind the run orange curtain, but uh, they've got to get after. They didn't have a sack of him not last year, not even a t- tackle for loss last year no. in the game against Washington. I'm, I'm assuming yeah. the Longhorn coaches and Bo Davis and those guys have reminded them, "Hey, y'all, you, only you hurt- got skunked on this deal last year." Yeah, you only got eight hurries. Uh, that was it. So no, no knockdowns, no hits, no like you said, no sacks, no tackles for loss. That in itself is why he's confident. <laughs> you want to ask Michael Pettis why he's confident? Well, he's been sacked only 11 times this year. So if you sack him once, they're averaging giving up less than a sack a game. All right? Can you get to him just once? Yeah. Can you pressure him? Um, and I think through the interior is the best way to do it. Sure. Through the gut. And you already got the best interior D-line, so you're way ahead of the game. This says drinks are free while gambling in Louisiana, Ty. Uh, this one says usually not free drinks in NOLA oh, no. um, unless you have a diamond card. So you may have to get a diamond card, Ty. Oh, Ty, how do you get they that diamond card? They want your intel. They want your info. No, what is that like a Caesars membership? I card guess. Or something like you that. get a membership and then you can drink Scan for free. Scan it Maybe I'll grab my mom's. <laughs> Maybe I'll grab Maybe my I'll mom's. She has I love this. She, I know she has one. No, I mean, clearly she does if, you, if you're going to grab it from her. Hey, can we? Um, can I play this? This is, a, this is about a minute of uh, – so what you see here is Arch Manning holding up a microphone. He's interviewing his teammates. The first one you'll see is A.D. Mitchell. And he's from New Orleans, so he knows how to pronounce all these weird names, these Cajun names. Oh, and yeah. he's trying to see how his teammates can do. Let's hear a little of this, uh, how this went uh, before they left for New Orleans. All right, how do you pronounce these words? <laughs> pronounce that first. Oh, Lord. Like Neil. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I got, man. What? These New Orleans words, bro? Oh, New Orleans words. Look at Napapi. Lag na. You know those words, bro? Lagnia? I don't know. Uh, help me out, Gav. Lania. Tell everybody where you're from. New Orleans. New Orleans, baby. <laughs> Pronounced it. 
Chapopimus. How you pronounce it? Chapatulus. Chapatulus. It's right by my house. Uh, Chapatulus. Chip. The T silent, ain't it? Chip. 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 I'm wrong. Chapatulus, man. Chop. Chop. Chupiti Willis. Chow Pitu. I don't know. Chapatulus. Chapatulus. Chapatulus? Chapatulus. I was close. Poncha train. Poncha train. Poncha train. No, no, you had it. Okay, okay, Jay, what? Pachartrain. Pachartrain. Ponchartrain. Yo, he was close. I got Decatur, for sure. I got Lagniepe, for sure. Close, close. I got Lesage, Le Bon Temps, Ruler, for sure, for sure. And then Ponchartrain. Pont. Poncha train. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Good. That was that was pretty good. That was like a seven and a half out of ten. Like I give it. Like yeah, like an eight. Yeah, like round it up. Eight and a half, yeah. low key. Yeah, yeah, love like that. Like a nine, low oh. key. Thanks for. There you go. There's Arch. That's great. I love that. <laughs> I recognize all those. My people swamp people, so I recognize all of them. And uh, yeah, there's no time they, they can play. They can play some tricks on you. You can sound it. Some 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 of the guys are good though. Trying to sound it out. Yo, that that second one I think is tough. The one he said is the street that buys houses. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> that starts with a T. <laughs> yeah. the, the T is silent. That one, yeah, that's, that's the probably one. the toughest one. That one's trying to get you. That one's trying to get you. Hey, it's uh, it's, it's different true. place, you know. Yeah. It says, guys, I was in NOLA a month ago. I spent more time than I should have in Caesars. At least the drinks were free. See, that's there the you go. All right, good news for you, T. Hey, before we get to uh, behind the burn orange curtain at the bottom of the hour, also just got to note, we're going to talk to Bobby Burton next hour. Bobby Burton uh, from On Texas Football, who we'll be partnering with on Monday for coverage from Manning's Restaurant there near Chapatulas. Chapatulas. <laughs> I like it, Chapatulas. Uh, uh, and the Caesars uh, Casino. Uh, but, Rod, the, um, the Cleveland Browns, these are, they're becoming one of the stories of the year in the NFL. Uh, because as everyone else – I mean, the Ravens are – they're not going to catch the Ravens unless – I mean, they can catch the Ravens if the Ravens lose their last two games and they beat the Bengals. They've got one more game left now. Mm-hmm. They're sitting 11-5. and five. They play the Bengals uh, to wrap it up. Then they could be 12-5. and five. Obviously, if the Dolphins were to beat the Ravens and then the Ravens lost their Week 17 game, uh, the Browns still could win the division. But, you know, that's, that's kind of an outside shot right now. But they are going to be in the playoffs, and they're likely to be the highest-seeded wild-card team, uh, the five-seed essentially, because the top four would be division winners. But right now the Browns would be slated to go play Jacksonville or whoever wins the AFC North run. Crazy. Or South, I should yeah. say. They're going to win that game. They are. I agree because <laughs> they can beat the best team in the AFC South, which looks like it's going to be Jacksonville. They're a better team than Jacksonville. Their defense is a top five – actually, top three defense in the league right now. And – Joe Flacco is balling out of control. Balling he, out of control. If you look at quarterbacks. Who he didn't are, have Amari Cooper last night, Rod. And exactly. I mean, it's it, it's him. He's just in this offense, that play-action offense they use. I mean, he's just really, really comfortable. Um, and he, if you look at quarterbacks to throw for 1,600-plus yards and 13 touchdowns in any one month, he has done it. Patrick Mahomes did it in 2018, and Peyton Manning did it twice, 2013 and 2014, and then Jim Kelly in 1991. That's it. That's it, guys. And that was in the fun and gun. Like, exactly. <laughs> that was that, man, that, that's wild considering how hot he is. He's got more touchdown passes in four games than the New York Jets have all season. <laughs> it's real. That's you a know real what reminds me of? The only thing I can think of is, is Nick Foles. No, and uh, it's different, but it's similar. Like, like, where did this guy come from? Like, Nick Foles, because remember, Joe Flacco was on the Jets last year, and he played a little bit. He wasn't any good. Yeah. And the Jets aren't any good. Uh, but at the same time, 
it's almost like this guy is you know found something while sitting on his couch and then gets his chance, and all of a sudden, remember when Nick Foles took over for Carson Wentz and all the yeah. Eagles fans thought the season was over? That's true. And all of a sudden, Nick Foles starts throwing dimes all over the field, and they end yeah. up in the Super Bowl, and he wins Super Bowl MVP. Because he was, uh, I think before that, he was actually going to become a, a, a man of God. I think he was thinking about joining the cloth, right? He was, yeah, he wanted to go be a <laughs> he pre- be like pastor. A, yeah, he was going like this. Uh, yeah, he was going to be a pastor or something like that. He was thinking about it. Well, you know what? If Jeff Fisher was your coach for a while, you probably think about it too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, but no, remember he Drive had that, you to retirement. He had that great year in 2014 under Chip Kelly um, and then because that Chip Kelly system was remember Chip Kelly was the one who is I don't know if he's the one that is given a credit for it but he popularized the RPO in the NFL he made it he made it a main like it was basically the it was kind of the main driving force of his offense teams had dabbled in it he made it the main driving force of his offense and Nick Foles came in and he was really compatible with that, because Nick Foles ran the RPO really well, had been running it, running RPO concepts in high school, so he's really com- uh, compatible in that system, much like Joe Flacco is compatible in this Kevin Stefanski system. Um, and then when Chip, remember when Chip Kelly came, uh, when Chip Kelly was done, and when uh, man, what is Doug Peterson became the head coach, he basically just started. He basically looked at what they did in 2014. He's like, why don't we just do with that? Do that? Yeah. Why don't we just run the damn offense you were running in? He started running RPOs. Took over. Like, it just, boom, caught fire. And so give Doug Peterson credit for that. He just basically made the system as Nick Foles friendly as possible. I don't know if they've done that with Joe Flacco, but it seems like it. Because he's well, and, 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 again, I watched, I watched his game pretty closely with the, the, the Texans last week. Watched again this week. He's making big-time throws. I mean, he, he's, you know, the Texans gave up, you know, the 265 yards passing to Amari Cooper, which is shameful. But, you know, he made some really good throws uh, that, that – you know, only Omari Cooper could catch. And, uh, you know, there was the deep ball, the 75-yard touchdown where they burned a backup corner in that game. But still, even on you know, big third downs, he would convert. And they're doing this without a huge running game. I mean, they're, I mean, Jerome Ford's their lead running back. Kareem Hunt is there. They had injuries. Yeah, because Nick Chubb's hurt. Their offensive line's banged up. You mentioned many times the Browns have 26% of their – Salary cap on injured reserve. On IR. And I mean, a lot that's of it's on offense. Crazy. Well, I say that bad. Offense and defense. They got three O linemen on on injured. Like good uh, ones. Yeah, with significant injuries. Nick Chubb, you brought up. Deshaun Watson's out. Um, remember Jakeem Grant? He's their wide receiver kick returner. He's out on defense. Uh, Okuonkwo, the uh, defensive end, out. Grant Delpit, safety, out. Uh, Rodney McLeod, out. Another safety. Uh, defensive tackle, Maurice Hurst, out. Uh, Jacob Phillips, linebacker, out. Their kicker. They got a kicker together. I mean, they just <laughs> – this is a mash unit, and it, I don't know. They're still winning games. It's amazing. And, and the funny part with Kevin Stefanski, who kind of looks like Joe Flacco. They kind of look alike. They're only a couple <laughs> years of age difference. And as uh, Kevin Stefanski has said – Hey, I'm from Philly. He's from South Jersey. I mean, we're, we're hey, dudes, man. Jersey guy. We're guys. We're guys. <laughs> we're we're guys. guys. We just get along. We're just guys being dudes. <laughs> and it's almost like he's not saying it without – but it's almost like he just gets along with this quarterback, but he got along with Deshaun Watson before him. Like he, he's compatible with this guy. Deshaun was on the line. And his, and his offense fits what they're doing. And as we said yesterday, I mean, he'd be taking a lot of heat because Baker Mayfield is playing so well. Uh, in Tampa, that. The, the, if this thing was going south, he would be in, fi- in, in jeopardy of being fired because they'd be saying, well, why'd you let Baker go? Yeah, um, I, why'd you make this trade? What are y'all doing? Early on in the season, people were saying that. And, well, and now he may be coach of the year. <laughs> I, think, I think he's got it locked up, honestly. I don't see I do how too. he loses it. Because on your fourth quarterback, like you said, all the injuries, 26% of the, uh, the, the, the basically of your roster, of uh, your salary cap is on IR. And they're still able to win 11 games and have 
best season they've had for the Browns since when? As you said, I mean, they, they're the going to finish ahead of the Steelers. Steelers. Since 1989, first time they finished ahead of them in the division. <laughs> That's 35 years. I, I don't keep up with Browns football, but you're talking about the best season they've had in multiple, like two decades. It's a good thing for you. It's, it's good for your overall mental health not to keep up with Browns football, <laughs> without a doubt. I have a father who puts the keeps up with Browns football. Oh, hey, no, don't you, do it. Say it, he's a massacre. Cleveland Say football was so because we were growing up. Oh. First eight years of my life, I lived in, in Akron, Ohio, as people know potentially. Uh, and my dad tried to make us Browns fans. We didn't do it. We weren't no. buying. We weren't buying. Mm-mm. Y'all were smarter in. than that. <laughs> not like, in. You're like, no, Dad, we're not going to do that no, to ourselves. No. Why would we do that? Even, and, and it's funny because now I'm seen as kind of a Cowboys hater. But when uh, in, in we were living in Ohio, I was a Cowboys fan, and my brother was a Steelers fan. Yeah. Because they were in the Super Bowl every year. Yeah. We we but that's really the games we'd watch was the Cowboys and the, I mean, and I liked Tony Dorsett and he liked uh, the the Steelers. Yeah, no. That, my dad yeah. didn't like that. He's like, choose. well, you're like the Browns. Like, no. no. Sam Ritigliano, get out of town. <laughs> yeah, Brian Sipe. You brought up the fact that they did Joe Flacco set a record about 300-yard games for Browns uh, quarterbacks or something like that? Yes. He's already set a record. Yeah, first quarterback ever in, in the franchise. That's a, a little long-time franchise. Yeah. The Browns to to have four straight 300-yard-plus games. They just haven't had a very good record with quarterbacks. And somebody pointed out that before he got hurt, Deshaun Watson was 5-1 and one as a starter, too. So this is what you talked about with how uncomfortable this is going to yeah. be, big no, they, picture. They, they were built – remember, they were – like I said, they were built to, for an insert quarterback here. Offense. Uh, uh, yeah, offense. Great defense. And, Nick Chubb pounding yeah, the rock. Lines of scrimmage. So they decided to insert the best, what they thought would be a top five young quarterback in Deshaun Watson. Sure, which seemed and, to make perfect sense. And, well, I guess it was paying off earlier this year, but the assumption would be when your starting quarterback gets hurt and you're in your fourth quarterback, you know, I'm going to do some research for this too because I actually – because they, they're, they're, they've uh, locked up a playoff spot. Like, they're in. They're in. And I'm going to look up And they're how, the team no one wants to play in the AFC. Yeah, because there's not a lot of sample size – of a Joe Flacco-led offense. No. I got four games. I was I was big on this. Of tendencies I, and uh, Watching this game last night because, okay, I'm like, okay, no one throws for 300 yards against the Jets' defense. No one shreds them. He had 296 by halftime. Now you said Noah Amari. Noah Amari Cooper. It was all David and Joku. It's like this guy's become Tony Gonzalez since this guy's shown up. <laughs> <laughs> he threw for more yards at, by halftime than Deshaun Watson's thrown for in any start with Cleveland. Yeah, I thought when Amari Cooper <laughs> being out and then Elijah Moore got hurt in that game, I mean, they shredded this team with without the top weapons, and that's a, whatever the Jets are organizationally in the Aaron Rodgers mess. They're a really good defense. They're a salty defense. They beat the Eagles this year. They mm-hmm. stuffed the Texans this year. They they've been pretty good. And uh, last night it was all all Joe Flacco. So that's yeah. a cool story uh, in the NFL because it's out of nowhere. And uh, now you got this Ravens Dolphins game on Sunday. Cowboys Lions in the featured game on. Uh, on Sunday or on Saturday night, this is a standalone game. Remember, there's not a Monday Night Football game this week because it's the national championship semifinals on Monday. So essentially, the Cowboys are playing the Saturday night game, which will serve as that game. It's on ABC. It's on ESPN. It's the night that uh, Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy Johnson into the Ring of Honor at long last. Beautiful. They'll, they'll finally put by, bygones will be bygones officially. And Jimmy Johnson, who's already in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, is he in the College Football Hall of Fame too. Is he in both? Uh, let me check that. He's got to be. Let me check that. He's got to be. He I'll, was a great look it, I'll look it up. Right. He's got to be. In he will go in the ring. If you're a Cowboys fan, you'll be looking to watch that. It will be on ESPN. Uh, they'll have. They're going to play the halftime. Jerry's going Jerry's to speak, right? And oh, say I'm sure. Real nice about Jimmy. Well, it'll be a cool scene for Cowboys fans on Saturday. Yeah, Jerry's going to do it. He's going to do it big. Yeah, all the, one thing we all know about the Jerry. <laughs> living Ring of Honor members will yeah. be there, and 
you know, they'll they'll play this up, and ESPN's gonna yeah. and ABC's gonna He's put it both. on. He's going to put it on TV. Yeah. yeah. But the, the, the third one he goes into is the Cowboys ring. Come on, Jerry. He, he went to the College Football Hall of Fame well, and the Pro Football Hall of Fame first. And I'm sure he's in some more Halls of Fame, the Halls of Honor that we have. The Port Arthur, aware. Texas Hall of Fame. <laughs> right. Where he went to. He was a classmate of Janis Joplin growing hey, up. That's a real trivia question of Jimmy nice. Johnson. Well, he's definitely in the Texas Sports Hall of, of Fame course and he all is. that kind of stuff. Come Thanks, on. Jerry. Well, we know there was some, some yeah, whether he says or not. There were some people who texted earlier said it was Eric, Michael Irvin who they believe convinced Jerry Jones to finally do this. Good like for to, Michael Irvin. That Michael Irvin was so He's passionate. close enough with Jerry, and Jerry will actually listen to him. There are some people that well, Jerry will listen I mean, to. Look, when he starts hearing from Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin, though, Michael, Troy Aikman's been asked many times, but, you know, and it, he's like, I mean, it makes me mad. I mean, I don't, it's, it's, it, he should be in the ring. Come on, man. It's absurd. It's absurd it's that absurd. he's not. It's yes. petty. You devalue the ring of honor. Yes. You basically lose the credibility. Yeah, every, every person <laughs> you put in that's not Jimmy Johnson yeah, is exactly. know, shameful for yeah. your organization. Yes, exactly um, right. Exactly. Well, that'll happen. So that's going to be a cool scene. And it's a big game. That's a really big game. And as we said, the Detroit Lions have a lot to play for. I mean, the, they do. Um, so do the Cowboys, obviously, trying to break a two-game losing skid coming home from Buffalo and Miami. Uh, but to, with Detroit winning last week and then the Niners losing, they're 11-4 and along with the Niners and the Eagles. So the number one seed in the NFC is still available with two games to go. So – uh, it'll be a motivated Lions team. It'll be a motivated Cowboys team on a big night. That's uh, well, a lot of featured attractions this weekend, Rod. There's oh, a new year coming. It's going to be great. Big really bowl is. games, obviously that big NFL game, and then Monday night it's the national championship semifinals with the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. We'll come back. When we do, Rod will take us behind the burn orange curtain. Are we going uh, Michael Penix? Are we going uh, – I might jump to the Texas offense this kay. time. We talked about, about the uh, Texas defense. We'll get back to it, of course. But I want to talk about the Texas offense versus the Washington defense a little bit. We'll yeah. get to that, that strategy. All right, we'll do that coming back. Hook them up with Ian Rodby. Turn is presented by Callahan's General Store, helping to keep your yard in golf course condition year-round for 45 years. It's always a good day to make it a Callahan's day. It is uh, Hook'em Up in the final program of ours for this year, 2023. Our next uh, conversation will come on the first day of the new year, Rod, on 2024 from uh, 4 to 7 in the afternoon with our pregame coverage uh, from New Orleans, uh, brought to you by our friends at Hayes City Store in Driftwood, Texas, and Taste on Main, two great restaurants uh, out south. Uh, if you live south, you got to get down to Main Street in Buda and check out Taste on Main. Uh, that's come online this year with Travis and Tamara Tindall, who also own the uh, Hay City Store Beautiful. and Ice House, that great location. Uh, Hay City Store, by the way, perfect for this time of year when you got family in town and celebrating the holidays, about to ring in the new year, mm-hmm. uh, sit out under the canopy of oak trees or out in the outdoor ice house or inside in the old school. There's so much space out there. Great for big parties and uh, family events at Hay City Store. And then Taste on Main in downtown Buda is uh, – you know, it's a, it's a great steakhouse, seafood, raw bar, everything you want, but it's in a 100-year-old building. It's uh, in a casual atmosphere. 
I was in there recently, and there's you know, a couple of people sitting there and there with baseball caps on. And it's one of those kind of things, right? It, uh, but people dressed up, too, because you do date nights and you get a great steak or a great mm-hmm. piece of fish or some oysters and really get after it. But in a casual, relaxed environment, it hit uh, Taste On Me in downtown Beauty. They're going to help us get to New Orleans, and that's when you and I and Patrick and the whole crew, maybe Bobby, uh, Bobby Burton's going to join us. Yes, sir. Uh, coming up on Friday from 4 to 7, getting you ready for Texas and Washington. So looking forward to that. Ty, you say you're leaving today or are you leaving tomorrow to head to uh, your favorite place in the world? It's like your Disneyland. I think I'm going to wake up (laughs) around, you know, usually the time I wake up for the show, uh, five or six, get on the road by then. I think that's our plan, too, Uh, heading heading eastbound uh, to get to NOLA, to kind of get out there. Yeah, I won't be the only ones. No, I know. It'll be be more honking at each other. Vans heading down that way, no doubt. It's like that one of my favorite movies growing up, Convoy. Remember Convoy with the semi trucks, mm-hmm. big convoy. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> that's exactly. what it'll be to Nola. Uh, you know, you got to get through Houston, get through I ten, and then uh, cruise your way. So looking forward to it. It'll be a fun weekend, fun way to ring in the new year, and uh, we'll be bringing you that live coverage thanks to Hay City and Taste. And uh, Rod, are you before we get to your burn orange curtain, uh, we'll make official picks uh, of the for the game on Monday during our yeah. pregame show, but. While we're doing the show, the Rose Bowl will be happening with Michigan and Alabama. Where where do you stand on that game? I've been going back and forth. Me too. Um, I was confident on Michigan early on. Then I started swinging back after doing some research to, to, to Bama, mostly because Nick Saban. And then when I remember I brought that story about him hiring that coach that off the Michigan staff and bringing him on immediately. And I was like, eh, Nick Saban seems like he's up to something. And now you're giving Nick Saban extra time to prepare. They're playing really good football. So right now I'm leaning Bama. But I could easily go back to Michigan. But I'm leaning Bama right now. Uh, and I, man, I, I, that Michigan defense is the only thing keeping me from, you know, from, from going all in on Bama. Because that Michigan defense, it's underrated. They just haven't played a an athlete at the quarterback position like Jalen Miro. But I, I don't, like I said, it, they're, they're going to be prepared for it. Jim, Jim Harbaugh knows about running quarterbacks. He only had Colin Kaepernick. And he knows, you know, about quarterbacks who are dynamic in that way. And they have, man, they have athletes at every level of that defense. They'll have multiple ways to solve the problem. Um, I just, I just, Jim Harbaugh is on record saying he thinks 20 members yeah. of this team will be drafted into the NFL. They're going to break. This is the team that will break Georgia's record for the most players from one team drafted into the NFL. Uh, they have talent, but as you know, Ty said earlier, they haven't really played a, a, a rigorous schedule. Um, best teams they've played are Penn State and Ohio State, and really how good is Penn State? Uh, not uh, a big, not, it's not a, he's not a big game coach either. Uh, Franklin, James Franklin's not. No, and, but let's also say this. that Last year in this spot, Michigan as a heavy favorite lost to TCU uh, because Sonny Dykes really – That's a great point. You know, they, they changed up their signs, and uh, they forced some turnovers of J.J. McCarthy, and they had a pick six, and that was one of the wildest games of all time. I mean, yeah. that game was crazy. It's because it was a, it's kind of a bad matchup for Michigan in yeah. a lot of ways. The speed of, of TCU, uh, some of the schemes they were running defensively. So it, that could be the case for Alabama, too. It could be a bad matchup for Michigan. We'll see. I'm trying to remember. So I'm going to look this up when you're doing burn orange, but how many points were scored in the second half of that game? It was That, that game was nuts. Yeah. Uh, down at the Fiesta Bowl in Tempe, and uh, props to TCU. They won that game and then got smoked by George, obviously, in the in the national championship game. Uh, but either way, Michigan was in this spot a year ago and came up small. Uh, we'll see if uh, if Alabama does the same. Ty, where are you on that game, Michigan-Alabama? Are you leaning Bama with Nick Saban, or are you leaning Michigan here? 
I think Alabama wins by at least 10 points. Ooh, at least. Damn. And think about this. If Nick Saban were to pull that off, which he could, I mean, they were, they were a horrible defensive play from losing to Auburn, Auburn and wouldn't even be in this conversation. Nope. I mean, Auburn had him beat. I was sitting at Hayes City had Store watching beat. that game <laughs> on Rivalry Saturday going, had him beat. okay, it's over. Alabama's going to lose this game. I mean, there's no way they're going to convert fourth and goal from the 30-yard line with one play. I mean, there's not, that's not going to happen. <laughs> okay, no. Auburn went Auburn, I guess, yeah. and uh, uh, played a horrible coverage plan and uh, didn't rush the quarterback. And uh, next thing you know, here's Nick this, Saban with a chance for a national championship. But I will say, I, and I, I haven't, maybe Michigan has avoided this. I know Texas and Washington had those moments too. And I, I, I can remember Texas having a couple of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was the oh, U of H game, U of H? the K-State game down there, having to just have a goal line. Remember the A.D. Mitchell catch versus TCU? And it's like, ooh, man, if he don't catch that. Fourth down? <laughs> Fourth down. They're about to get the ball back? Right, that could go all kinds of well, wrong. Remember Dana Holgerson saying if, uh, if that spot were right. Oh, the remember, spot, They yeah. got the bad spot. <laughs> the spot. Terrible spot. And, that um, was a terrible spot. It should have been first and goal. And Dana Holgerson was already saying, we're going for two. We're going, we yeah. already have a play drawn yeah. up. There's so horns down. We're going for two. You know, and then we talked about that. What was it the Washington game, the Arizona State game, where they didn't score a touchdown at all? No offensive touchdown? Yeah, that's that Washington. That Washington well, they had, had to that. have a – and they had two game-winning drives so far this year. Well, and the word out of Washington is that Arizona State game where they had no offensive scores. Came after the Oregon game and that uh, wind was blowing like 40 miles an hour and Michael Penix was under the weather. They had some and, injuries too, I think. They got banged up in the Oregon game. Yeah. And but they want it, and that's Found why. Find a way to win. That's the whole point. Find yeah, a way to win. That's why I mean, and we'll get behind the BOC. That is the the beauty of this matchup. These two teams. You talked about doppelgangers. They do look very similar. Now Texas is bigger and more physical up front, but as you said, Washington probably has the advantage at quarterback because Michael Penix more experienced, and he's not you know not to say Quinn Ewers isn't a good quarterback. But Michael Penix is the Heisman runner up. Yeah. Heisman runner up, and a lot of people thought he should have won the Heisman. Yeah. <laughs> and then you know, Kalen DeBoer is the national coach of the year. And um, right. has only lost two games in his, in his tenure. And th- both teams have that high football character, that, that, that fine – the veteran players. Um, Find a way to make clutch plays. I'm, I, no, Washington moments. has nine guys on this roster that have been on that campus for six years. That's right? They're, they're super seniors. Good stat. Um, and, and so they're super veteran. You know, Texas is probably more and, talented player to player. And by the way, one of them was their starting center. Yeah. And he got hurt in the second game of the year, and they put in a redshirt freshman at center and have won the Joe Moore Award for best offensive line. That's good football character right there, it guys. It is. <laughs> and, 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 you know, all football fans, it's hard to go 13-0. and I mean, it's hard oh. to go 13-0. and Look at Texas. This team is a great team, and they, they, they barely, all right, they almost did it, but Oklahoma, hey, it was too much for them. Yeah, that was that the one, one time that uh, one time. they let down. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's, that's what makes this a hell of a matchup Monday night. Can we go behind the BOC? Let's hit it. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? Okay, now we've been talking a lot about the Texas defense versus the Washington offense, and I do think that's where most of your – uh, most impactful factors, uh, the biggest determining factors in this matchup are going to be. Let's talk about the Texas offense versus the Washington defense. By the way, I do think the Washington defense a little underrated. I do, especially the pass defense, because pass defense-wise, uh, they have struggled, and they are statistically a worse pass defense than Texas. And you can go through all the numbers, and I'll give them to you. They are in 10-plus yard pass plays, allowed their 106th. 20-plus uh, yard pass plays allowed, 112th. 
uh, if you go look at their just kind of overall pass defense, uh, they were 122nd in overall pass defense. So that is actually one of their weak points, too, is pass defense. And I think Texas can take advantage of that. I believe Texas should throw the ball on early downs. What you don't want to do is get behind the chains against this group. Uh, they're a top 40 rush defense. Um, and actually, they're one of the better rush defenses out there. They got uh, some really good edge players for the run. One of their linebackers really good. If I try to pronounce his name, I'll sound foolish and disrespect that man, so I won't. Um, uh, but he's a really good player against the run. And you go look up the downs where they are more, most susceptible uh, to the pass and the downs where they struggle uh, in pass defense. And it's actually on first down. First down pass defense for Washington, allowing 66% completion percentage over eight yards per attempt, 148 passer rating, 10 touchdowns, only 10 interceptions uh, on first down for the uh, pass defense for Washington. And Texas, when they throw the ball on early downs, first and second, that's their most successful passing down. Eight, uh, almost nine yards per attempt on first down passing, uh, almost uh, over nine yards per attempt on second down passing. That number drops right on third down to about seven yards per attempt. And that's when third down, third and long specifically, that's when the Washington defense is at their best. They run what we call simulated pressures, which is it just looks like a blitz, smells like a blitz, but it's actually not a blitz. You're sending four guys or three guys. You're dropping seven or eight, but you're just sending those guys from second and third levels to confuse the blocking schemes. When teams are going up against them, they run a lot of their simulated pressures at a top ten rate in uh, the Power Five, uh, around 33% of the time. The college football average is around 17% for simulated pressures. You don't want them in that mode. On third and long, third and seven plus yards to go, the Washington defense, the passer rating drops from 148 passer rating allowed on first down to 48 passer rating allowed on third down. Um, uh, sorry, I take it back, 65 passer rating. So it drops a little bit. 48 completion percentage is what it drops to from 66 completion percentage yards per attempt on third down for uh, the Washington defense. It drops to uh, to as well. It drops to a uh, six yards per attempt, which is also for Texas. I mean, for Washington, that's a really good number. Uh, the the passer rating on fourth down, um, 77 passer rating. Um, there's 16 interceptions. Ten of them have come on third and fourth down. That's where they make the most plays. And Texas on third and seven plus yards to go. That's third and long. Um, they are converting around 30. 2% of their third and long situations this season. Texas usually is hovering around 39% conversion rate. So you want to stay out of third and long. And in order to stay out third and long, I think you need to throw the ball on early downs. Uh, Texas uses around 45% first down pass rate. They were at 54% first down pass rate. Uh, if you go look at the opening script against Oklahoma State, I would, if I was Sark, I would increase that to about 60 to 65 percent opening down pass rate. Not shots downfield necessarily, but high percentage passes that is at least could be considered an extension of the running game, considering that is your strength matched up against their weakness. If you start running the ball on early downs too much and get behind the chains, that's what Washington wants. That's when they're at their best. They really got some. 
long rangey athletic DBs. Jabbar Muhammad is probably their best DB. Yes, I think he is related kinfolk to Malik Muhammad. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, three interceptions, 12 PBUs. He's a good player from Texas. But the rest of these guys are really long and rangey. Michelle Powell, 6'1", 210. Uh, 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 Hampton is 6'3", 220. Elijah Johnson is 6'1", 191. Uh, Thomas uh, Drew, I believe, is oh, sorry, Thaddeus Drew. He is 6'1", 192. I like their length, and I like how athletic they are. They're not consistent in coverage, but they will make plays on the football, especially on third downs. You want to stay out of third and longs. And also, another reason to stay out of third and longs, see, Braylon Trice. Braylon Trice. You want to make sure that you can block that guy. you got to have a plan for him, and he goes off mostly when teams are in predictable passing situations, second and long and third and long. We've talked about this dude and how good he is. 49 pressures since week nine, guys. It's almost 10 pressures per week since week nine. He's 6'4", 275, likely going to be a first-round pick. He had led the nation last season with 70 pressures, 68 this season. Um, he had 16 this year versus Stanford. He had 18 last season uh, versus Washington State, by the way. That is the first and second most since pro football focus again, keeping up with pressures for pressures by one defender in a game. He is a grown man. And against think about this last season against Texas, right? Texas faced how many first-round defensive ends? First, Will Anderson. They faced uh, Tyree Wilson. Uh, they faced Will McDonald last season. Felix Anudiki Uzoma. All these guys were drafted in the first round. Dallas Turner will probably be drafted in the first round, too. He's a, another edge rusher for Alabama. But he was on that team from last season, and they faced him again this year. None of those guys – had the performance that Braylon Trice had against the Texas defense, uh, offensive line. He had two tackles for loss and two sacks. He had more tackles for loss and more sacks than any of those first-round pro prospects that Texas faced. And he had more sacks than any of them combined. How about that? Because Will Anderson had one sack, and then Tyree Wilson had a half a sack, and that was it. That was it. There was only two sacks that the Texas allowed to those elite edge rushers. This guy had two of them and had two tackles for loss and had six tackles versus Texas. So he had the most tackles, the most sacks, and the most tackles for loss of any edge rusher versus Texas last season. So if, don't take him lightly. No. <laughs> he will wreck your game plan. He will. He's that good. He's, uh, as you said, projected as a first-round draft pick. He's out of Phoenix, Arizona. I, uh, you know, looking back at notes from last year's game, he, you know, the, one of the things I, I, being at the game, that you felt like the Texas offensive line was a little bit flat-footed last year in this game, and sometimes that'll happen with big guys, right? They kind of enjoy the holidays, and they mm -hmm. weren't firing off the ball. And I know they didn't have Bijan or Roshan, so the run game looked dead, but they weren't getting much push either. No. Uh, and that's got to change. I mean, that's obviously that, – that, look, it, safe to say, if the lines of scrimmage aren't a really big advantage for Texas in this game, they're going to lose. Right? They're yeah. the, the, that's where the, the Longhorns – have the advantage here. Their lines of scrimmage should be bigger, more physical, the big humans. Then, then again, this kind of like the difference between Michael Penix and Quinn Ewers. You know, Washington's good, but yeah, Texas yeah. should be better. Mm -hmm. They need to be, you know, convincingly the better side on both sides for Texas to win this game because that's their big advantage. I mean, that's that's the advantage Longhorns should have. And to your point, if they don't, if it looks like last year's game, I think you'd have to lean 
Michael Penix and Washington because that's where Texas really needs to have the advantage. Yep, and uh, speaking of lines of scrimmage, they got a kid. We brought him up before, Zach Durfees from oh, yeah. Sioux Falls. Double-digit tackles for loss, double-digit sacks last season at Sioux Falls. Uh, he had he did transfer to Washington but hasn't been eligible. He will be eligible for the Sugar Bowl. Kalen DeBoer says he, he will play, and also Brock Hewitt says he's going to play. Apparently he's been giving their two NFL tackles uh, to uh, Afanu and Roger Rose, Rosengarten, who hasn't allowed a sack this year, and the, the left tackle is an All-American. They, he's been giving them fits in practice because he's been on the scout team. I wouldn't doubt if Texas is in predictable passing situations, which is why you want to stay out of third and longs, they put Zach Durfee in there as one edge rusher, Bright Braylon Trice as another one, and then move uh, Tupuola, uh, I believe his name is uh, Fatui. Tupuola Fatui, if I'm mispronouncing, I apologize. Move him inside as well and go to NASCAR package to rush Texas and, and put some pressure on Quinn. Watch that. That's why they wouldn't say out of predictable passing situations against this group. Yeah, and they are healthy. You've talked to yeah. the Washington side of things. They've gotten two safeties that were banged up healthy. they got an interior defensive lineman healthy who'd been out. So, I mean, both teams are fresh and ready to roll coming up Monday night. Our good stuff from Rod right there. We'll come back with more good stuff. It's off the record time, including more on that story of Nick Saban not allowing his teams to use their own iPads and uh, worrisome of maybe being hacked by Michigan. Also, Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets is a national treasure. A national treasure. We'll tell you why. Coming back off the record. Coming next on Hook Em Up with Ian Rod V. DD Mega Doodoo. I'm sorry. Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well I don't get a break the head comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Oh, man, happy New Year edition of the Off the Record, the stories you need to know, including, uh, yeah, here it is. This has now been confirmed by Alabama football players uh, in the Rose Bowl that Nick Saban and the staff so concerned about uh, cloak and dagger sign stealing and uh, game plan stealing. Nick Saban so afraid of Michigan that uh, their players can't, as they usually do, watch film on their own tablets, like the iPads. I love it, man. Saying, no, 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 no. Nope, you, you, no. you can't take them home. Can't take them with you. Well, hey, man, the opponent you're playing was deep into the uh, the athletic espionage and uh, duplicitous behavior. So I'm with him. I, I wouldn't take any chances. And as you pointed out, you know, uh, there is a there is a person on the staff now. We don't actually know the, the role that he's been given, but there's a former coach from Michigan on the Alabama staff and, you know, it's possible that maybe they got a warning. Yeah, the Alabama coaching staff has told the players who have now confirmed mm-hmm. it not to watch football on their personal tablets wow. out of fear of Michigan sign stealing. The catapult film system that the players usually use for mm-hmm. personal use and, uh, and access is apparently off limits. The Crimson Tide are only watching film as a team or in positional groups. Old school, right? Hey, I like, I like old school film watching. It encourages the uh, – some guys need the, the study group. Some guys don't know how to, you know, internally, intrinsically motivate themselves to do stuff on their own. 
It might help Alabama for some of the guys who aren't watching it because then you know exactly how much film guys are watching. And the coaches can point out what to be watching for, right? A lot of times guys yeah. don't even know what to watch yeah, for when they're watching watch film. For. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a good point because I, I, the coaches can only be around them so much time, I wonder, right, still? Because there are still restrictions on that with the bowls. I'm still some stuff like that. That's why you need on the players. To, that's why study groups are important. You need the players. The players got to lead it. And the players need to know exactly what to be mindful of while they're watching the film. Uh, so, man, man, Nick Saban, man, he's just – Nick Saban, make, he's, the, he's the GOAT for a reason. And Nick Saban is the GOAT for a reason. Yeah, I think of everything. The devil's in the details, man. You can't miss out. You got so much time. There's no time to miss out on some detail that, oh, man, we know what? We missed that. It's a coaching staff. How'd you miss that? You had a month. You had a month. <laughs> you, you had, had a month, month to prepare. How would you miss anything? You shouldn't miss anything. There should be no stone left unturned, man, uh, when it comes to strategy and tactics, stuff like that. So, I respect, I respect Nick Saban what he's doing. You know why? Why take a chance? By the way, why in their ahead of their practice at the Sugar Bowl yesterday, Rod at the uh, the actual stadium, uh, Longhorns practice I think from like two to four, and the media got seven minutes to watch kind of the warm ups, and apparently Sark's got his game face on already because like seven minutes in he was cussing John Bianco, get them the f out of here, get them out of here, <laughs> get them out of here. Isn't that that great? You were talking about Jimmy Johnson. I got to find this. I'm going to find this, so, actually, because this actually kind of relates off the record, but then it's not. There's a great um, story being told by Jimmy Johnson about this very thing, why coaches are so paranoid about the media window. Um, and I'm going to find the sound of, of Jimmy Johnson's talking about it, but I heard him, and it was actually before the Super Bowl. Yeah. It was before the Bills Super Bowl. Before the, the, the one of the Bills. Uh, Super Bowls, they played the Bills. And he and Jimmy said on the – he was watching, like, a news coverage. On one of their oh, beat, yeah, the local news one station. Their beat, one of their B-roll footages, he saw them practicing the shovel pass. Practicing the shovel pass over and over again. And he went to ask uh, one of his, I guess, analytics guys, film guys. Yeah, he went and said, hey, do they run the shovel pass? And he was like, man, I've never, I haven't seen it. Not on any film that I've watched. And he's like, all right, I think we got to be ready for it. And they went back and confirmed (laughs) that they had not run the shovel pass. They caused a fumble on the shovel pass in the Super Bowl and stopped them for no gain on, like, three shovel passes. Yeah, it was obviously in the (laughs) Buffalo game plan, right? Yeah, it was like, yeah. Yeah, and they, 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 they ran it like four or five times in the yeah. game. And, and he was like, I saw it on the B-roll. And then he, he did. Like on the local newscast. <laughs> on the local news. And it was like, oh. And from then on, I think him telling other coaches about that, I don't believe that's, that's obviously gotten around last Because, well, of course, every years. media member there, including uh, you know, our friend Mike Craven, who I do the Eyes of oh, Texas yeah. with, who told me this story, they all have their phones out. They're all recording everything they can yeah, to exactly. put it out. Because it's your job. Yeah. <laughs> and Sark was ready to go into his next Sark's phase. Like, get and he's the like, hell out of here. Yonko, get him out of here. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> they might catch some beat roll footage of one of our plays. Coaches, coaches, the details, right? It could be a route, anything like, what the hell was that? Mac Brown was always paranoid about that with the LHN. Remember? He was always like, oh, oh. LHN. They got to get some footage they ain't supposed to get. You know, no, he hated all the that. that was, uh, Tom, Tom Herman was paranoid about at it. The beginning was Augie Rito because, I mean, yeah. he was always, because, you know, every, every Texas home game was on TV, exactly. so all their opponents oh, could scout them. <laughs> scout them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, it's the advantage of having LHN. It's like, yeah, but my opponents also get the intimate knowledge, all right, and they know what they're looking at. Fans don't necessarily know what they're looking at. I don't get at. to watch them. The coach, yeah, exactly. The coach knows what they're looking at, so I, I, I'm going to find that. I'm going to find that audio, I promise you, because I, I saw it not too long ago, and oh, I was I thinking too. about it. What do you have, Rod, off the record? Uh, we, can, we can get close to it, because I'm now looking for the audio, and I lost my story. Right. <laughs> I will mention, this. <laughs> this is why uh, everyone should love Nikola Jokic, the uh, MVP of the NBA, the NBA champion. He was on a podcast, because every, every player has a podcast now. He was on... 
whose podcast was he on? He was on Michael Porter Jr.'s podcast. Everybody's got one. He says, uh, being famous, some people like it, some people don't. When I finish my career, I really wish nobody knows me. I wish my kids in the future remember me as a dad, not a basketball player. I think that's my goal. Good for you. <laughs> he said, uh, just feel sad whenever you go to a bar or restaurant. Um, you know, he says, he said, people, he, here's what he says, I really don't like this life because at the end of the day, we're just basketball players. We're just good at what we're doing, but it's on television, it's popular, so we get paid. We're all just like everybody else just goes to work and does, goes, works on what they're good at. That's oh, what we man. do. You know, he's so it, understated. I see early retirement all over that dude. <laughs> as soon as he's, he's like, I'm done my contract, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. And he said one of his life goals also to not have, when he retires, to not have a phone. Uh, oh, well, you got to have a flip phone at least. Get a flip phone like Jerry Jones. Get a flip phone. That's, a, that's another big goal of mine. Um, did you see that uh, Shohei, this is a story I was going to get to. Uh, we'll get into the details later. That he bought a teammate, uh, the wife of a teammate, he bought them a Porsche. Yeah, I'll get you details. That was, yeah, a great, was good. Another one of you, you talk about free media and marketing, Shohei, Ron. Shohei, baby. That I want to be his teammate. Buying Porsches? Yeah, we'll explain that to you. And that was, that, was, that was shrewd as well. Smart. I'll get you details. We'll come back. We'll hit the uh, 9 o'clock hour. Also, Bobby Burton will join us from uh, NOLA. NOLA. Bobby's already on the ground in the Big Easy. NOLA. Also, we'll uh, have Rod with another rant coming up. It's a busy Friday. Happy New Year, everybody.